Donald Trump was arrested this week, and he has just pled not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying documents. What does this really mean for the future of our country? My Blaze TV colleague, Steve Dace, and one of my favorite guests, is here to break it down for us both politically and theologically. Then he'll tell us about his new film, which I am so excited about. It's called Nefarious, and he'll talk about why this film is so important for the moment we're in. I'll give my review, too, since I saw it last night. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers, Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Steve Dace, thanks so much for joining us again. Anytime. You bet. This time on the white couch. All right. Let's talk about Trump and the latest. I just want to get your full take on that and your full explanation of what happened. We haven't spent too much time, a little bit of time on two episodes talking about this. But the latest is that Trump pleads not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. Obviously, a little bit of background. This is coming from the Manhattan DA, Mm -hmm. Alvin Bragg, who apparently doesn't have any better thing to do uh, with his time. And so Trump was arrested, being indicted. What the heck? What, 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 what is going on? I mean, this is just an escalation of what we have seen over the last several years. Um, uh, I I disagree with the idea that the arrest and indictment of Donald Trump is a new day for America's justice system. I, I think it is actually the the crowning achievement of what already changed in America's justice system. I mean, we saw people who went to work for him, uh, either on the campaign or on the staff at the in, in the White House. Uh, we saw open lawfare raged against them. Uh, we have seen uh, since January sixth, nonviolent uh, Donald Trump supporters just remain indefinitely detained. Um, now they just arrested like a grandmother. Uh, I think it was last week I read. Um, uh, and so they've just been let left to rot. I mean, the Mark Houck case and, uh, the guy who, you know, was trying to defend his family, the pro-life activist, and they tried to put him behind bars. So this is, so they kind of worked their way up. All right. Yeah. They started with the staff and the, the support team. Then they went to the supporters and now they, they went to the big man himself. And I, I, I think that, and you know, this won't make a lot of people happy what I'm about to say, but I'm used to that. So it hasn't deterred me before. We are, we are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be. I don't think anybody's analysis of the indictment, and and a good buddy of mine is a very accomplished uh, criminal defense attorney, hardcore right-winger in in another state. I had him analyze the indictment for me yesterday while we were doing the premiere for Nefarious because I wasn't going to have time. And so I'll go over all that with my audience. But the reality is, and I'll only do it just because it's, you know, the responsible thing to do. But the truth of the matter is it's irrelevant. There is no legal analysis that matters. Here's all, because this isn't a legal proceeding. It's a political one. And here's all that matters. 12% of Manhattan voted for Donald Trump in the 2024 or 2020 election. 12. It is from that pool of people that the jury was created to come up with these indictments. It is from that exact same pool of people, Allie, that the jury that will convict him later, they will, they will. This trial's already over. Doesn't, it, it, essentially, all his attorneys are doing are, are, are trying to come up with um, appeal um, rationales uh, in, in, in higher level appellate courts in the hopes that they can actually come up with, this is a sham proceeding. What are we doing here? Um, because there's just, there, it would take a miracle 
to find a jury in a, a pool in that pool of people that would look at this case objectively. And I don't even think this is the first time we're going to do this. I mean, we have the case in Georgia where the jury foreman said, well, I just voted to indict because they told me I'd get to swear Donald Trump in. I mean, this is this is hat tip Dave Reboy, late Republic nonsense. We are in the, the death throes of a civilization here. Uh, we're on the, the lip of Romans 1, uh, and, and we're diving into the mouth of madness. And this stuff is only going to get crazier as a result because we're we're in revival or bust territory. So um, there's there's a lot of people in our business today that are going to make a, a gazillion bucks on clicks singing the siren song to our audience that this will clinch a landslide election for Donald right. Trump in 2024. And they're going to tell you that the very day after last night in a must-win state, Wisconsin. Yeah. They put a George Soros acolyte on the state Supreme mm -hmm. Court yeah. by popular vote. Yeah. By popular vote. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, my my affliction is I like living in this place called reality. I, I, I need to know what is true, even if it's not comfortable for me, even if it's not the truth that I would like. Um, it's not the truth that I would prefer. Um, I would just always rather to whether know what is true rather than what is deception. Mm -hmm. And I, I think on the right, you know, you are last night. Donald Trump's campaign team is selling T-shirts with his mugshot. Right. On the other side. They're putting a, a, a you know a Soros uh, exactly. acolyte on the state Supreme Court. Yeah. That is a perfect snapshot of, of of the last thirty years of the Democrat Republican duopoly. Yeah. Republicans are an industry. Yeah. Democrats are a movement. And throughout history, movements always crush industries mm -hmm. because they have the true conviction. They have a motivation beyond, hey, yeah. what's just a, a bottom line outcome that is favorable to me? Yeah. The side that wants to win will always be the side that mm -hmm. just wants to get along mm -hmm. or the side that just wants to be left alone or the side that wants to just sell T-shirts. Mm -hmm. And I that's a perfect transition because that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Janet, let's see if I can get this right. Protessowitz, uh, Protessowitz, I think that's her last Better name. Better you than me. Something, <laughs> but she is Soros-backed and she's had a lot of radical agenda items on her list, like getting rid of voter ID. This is obviously big for the abortion issue. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin is a swing state. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. I've seen all of these, um, you know, Donald Trump supporters, and that's not to say that I'm not a supporter in my own way, but, you know, the ride or die MAGA people saying, wow, you know, it's actually because the opponent in Wisconsin, Dan Kelly, wasn't MAGA enough. Mm -hmm. He didn't kiss the ring of Trump enough. It's because he wasn't Trumpian enough. And that's why this radical Soros back backed woman won. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't to me. make any it's sense. It's like they're living in an alternate reality. And I said this and I knew that I would get some pushback on it on YouTube and then on Twitter yesterday. But just in talking to my audience and the demographic that I represent, so say Christian Republican voting women ages 25 to 45, when I'm talking to them, which is a lot about what do you care about? What do you want me to talk about? What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? Just to be honest, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, it's not Trump. It's actually not Trump's indictment. And that's mm -hmm. not to say it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But they're still just worried about the things that affect their kids, that affect them, this culture war stuff. The left understands that about their mm -hmm. people. That's why they're constantly waging the culture war, the moral war, the sexual war. They're not worried about that at all. They're out there winning elections, like you said, that champion their culture war issues. Whereas the right... 
I mean, I think a lot of times they feel like the people in power, like they don't really have a champion. They don't have anyone that is truly connected to their concerns. And Trump being indicted to them, it doesn't move the needle in the direction of voting for him Mm -hmm. in the next election. It really doesn't because they're looking for a champion. They might have liked him, Mm -hmm. but look, he's still old. He now has a personal axe to grind. That's not necessarily what they're looking for in a president. They're still looking for a culture warrior, which you can find elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I I think that one of the uh, last time we saw each other was election night here. And I mean, I came in the Tiger Woods red shirt I had the Tobo corn brought in. I mean, you know, I'm a hardcore data guy, hardcore analysis guy. I mean, I was convinced. All right, he's not on the ballot. So the 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 white suburban woman who was like, "I'll surrender America because the mean to make the mean tweets go away" that we apparently saw in the 2020 election yeah. has no more excuses. All right, yeah. and you're watching them pedo groom your kids at the library and yeah. the schools and every television show on Disney. Just about this is the moment now where finally, like 1994, which was 30 years ago. Yeah. All right. The last <laughs> remnant of the silent majority will rise up and say and and push back against this. And man, I was convinced, convinced it was going to go down. And I sat there and watched those returns come in throughout the course of that night getting increasingly dejected. And so yeah. the the message to me was sent that the 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 the, cal- the cavalry isn't coming. The cavalry is what is is what is the only thing left yeah. now now yeah all right it is we are in revival or bust there there is no layer of american that's not, like like generically with us but not t- really engaged yeah who like can be outraged enough into joining with us to push this yeah. back if because the idea that i'm going to watch them groom my kids and that's not going to move me to vote but What's likely an unjust persecution of a billionaire who, who for paying hush money to a porn star that I already didn't like. That's the one, uh, now, now, it, now, it, now, it bring, now it comes home to me. I, I mean, I, I was pushing back on that narrative yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if we can speak about this theologically for a second, I, I think what you're watching, and this is the best we can do. Without God, this is the best we can do. America is no longer Republicans and Democrats politically. It has broken down in 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 a very, it's almost a, it's very Roman into a, a a battle of dueling d u e l dueling political cults, um, and they're both Roman in nature. Um, the 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 first one is the the Nero cult, the spirit of the age, is what I call it on my show, or our colleague Oran McIntyre refers to it as the total state. The state is God. The state has replaced the church. Government is God. Um, government is in whom we live and breathe. I will comply with government edicts. To you know, that's that, and and historically, that is always the most dangerous cult. Whenever the state is weaponized to godlike status, more people die from that than anything else. All right, that and so that is the that's the by far historically and imminently the preeminent threat we face. But we are trying to fight it with another Roman cult, the hero cult. And Trump taps into this when he says things like, I alone can solve. If this happens to me, it destroys the country. I mean, listen, I thought that I, th- I think what's going on in New York is a complete and total sham. Yeah. It's funny though. I still drove from my hotel over here this morning and people still went to work. It wasn't people didn't, you know, life goes on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My family's still pissed off that they're delayed at the airport. They weren't like, you know what? We don't have time to focus on the fact our airport's late. Donald Trump got indicted. I mean, it's just, uh, but, but. We, we need that hero, okay? And so this Trump is Julius Caesar. 
He's the only one that can beat back the invaders. Give him the keys to the city. All right. Here's the problem. Caesar never gave back the keys to the city. Right. Okay. Um, and, And so that's essentially what's going on is that you have the spirit of the age cult and then you have the hero cult. And, and so for the last few years, there's a lot of conservative media. I mean, I did. I, I interviewed a January 6th from, his, from federal penitentiary just a few months ago. And that's finally what got me on the, the, the radar of the news guards and those kinds of people trying to get me canceled was daring to step on that shibboleth, okay? But for the last few years, those, the, the actual Trump supporters don't matter. They were left behind to rot for th- the last few years in those jail cells and barely got talked about, barely got spoken about. They don't matter. Okay, the suffering of actual Trump supporters, 10,000 small and family businesses, Allie, were permanently erased by the lockdowns he initiated. The suffering of actual Trump supporters doesn't matter. Only the suffering of Mr. Trump. That is a cesarean cult. And that's not populism. That's not where he is a vessel for you. That is where you are a vessel for him. All right, let me pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Seven Weeks Coffee. I absolutely love this company and what they stand for. They make great coffee, like super high quality stuff. We have it at our house just love it. But here's what I love most about it. Seven Weeks Coffee is promoting the values that you and I have, specifically our pro-life values, saving babies in the womb, serving their moms and dads. And the reason why it's called Seven Weeks Coffee is because at seven weeks, that little baby in the womb is the size of a coffee bean. And so they called their company Seven Weeks Coffee. They wanted to combine their love of coffee as well as their compassion for babies inside the womb. And so what they do is they donate 10% of every sale to pregnancy care centers across America, which is absolutely incredible. They've raised over $80,000 in their first year. They're now supporting over 375 pregnancy centers. These pregnancy centers offer free clothing and parenting classes and refuge at times from domestic abuse. They help make it as easy as possible for these moms to keep their babies. And so make sure you go to sevenweekscoffee.com. If you're going to spend money on coffee anyway, which most of you do, you might as well make sure that your money is also going toward a good cause. Go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout to save 10% off your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Use code Allie to save 10%. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Code Allie. That's the point that I was trying to make yesterday is that I don't want, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to don't want someone with only a personal axe to grind. Okay, Mm -hmm. I heard some people say, well, his personal axe to grind is also my axe to grind. I, you know, I really want him to go in there and destroy the powers that be. But I mean, he did it last time. Mm -hmm. And I say that as someone who voted for Donald Trump twice, who is very thankful for a lot of the things he Mm -hmm. did, probably the greatest pro-life champion that Mm -hmm. we've ever had in the presidential office, even more than Ronald Reagan, if you're looking at actual policy. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. But I don't really want someone whose agenda centers on him and getting people back for what they did to him. Yes, there there could be, sorry, some trickle-down effect positively for us, but not enough. Like, I really want someone who's not thinking about themselves at all, who is only thinking about us. And by the way, like, Trump is someone who is you know, going to log cabin Republican, you know, celebrations. Yes, and things and things like that. So I'm like, 
look, I don't even know if we're necessarily in line. Uh, in line, are you going to fight the battles that I really think need to be fought? I, I just, I don't know. And I think a lot of Christian women, and I'm not talking about the Christian women who didn't vote for him, mm-hmm. who are like, oh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just vote Democrat. I'm talking about I my it. group. Yep. Um, I think they want someone even stronger, mm-hmm. someone with a better vision, a bigger vision than himself. So I think you're right. I think that right now, I wouldn't even wager he'll be on a ballot. Um, Do you think he's going to prison? I think it is. I think you should, we're, we're in an age where, I mean, look at what we've seen the last few years. Look at what we've seen from, I mean, Rasmussen came out with a poll over the weekend. And they're one of the most accurate pollsters of the last few years. You know, I keep track of this stuff. Yeah. They are. 11% of American households believe someone in their home died of COVID. Wow. 10% of American households believe someone in their home died of the COVID vaccine. Mm. That was a Rasmussen poll that came wow. out last weekend. The idea that, that you couldn't, wouldn't be able to take your children to school without a mask. The idea that you couldn't serve in the military unless you took an experimental injection um, and that they would just completely ignore the, 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 the escalating risk, risk factors within the, their own epidemiological database, that we just open the southern border and let it be a fentanyl human trafficking uh, trading post essentially we just let chinese spy balloons just meander over over the skies yeah that we just we that, joke about it yeah, yeah. We, the pop the populist republican president would say let's decide which businesses are essential or non-essential and only the big box stores are essential your mom and pop stand isn't i mean the stuff that we have been through the last few years i think we should put everything on the table and we need to you need to, you need to see your enemy i see we're still fighting a political fight we're, we're over here acting you know looking ahead to the next election <laughs> They made up 34 felony counts yesterday in a court of law. And of, and of, and of all the, the, I think there's four or five of these criminal proceedings going on against him right now. This is the weakest one. Hmm. Like if, if I'm Merrick Garland and I think I've got him dead to rights on holding classified documentation, and I, you know, which is another sham, but I'm, I'm, again, look at it the way the people who are going to make these decisions are looking yeah. at it. Not the way we look at right, it. Look right. at it the way they do. If I'm Merrick Garland and I'm like, hey man, if this Manhattan DA is going to put on 34 felony counts for whether he paid hush money to a porn star, what am I going to do down here at, for, on a federal level for mishandling of classified documents? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, if that's the baseline, if that's the new political baseline, not legal, this is none of these are legal proceedings. If that's the new political baseline for the, where the Overton window is now, if you're Merrick Garland, you're like, well, hell, man, let's just go ahead and try him for treason while we're at it. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at a year of of of, yeah. of court proceedings. I think that they did this and they did this with issues and now they're going to do it with our with our people they're going to say we'll do whatever we want and we dare you to go find an appellate court or the supreme court later to say we can't do that i mean poor jack in denver is on how many what's this his fourth case now going to the supreme court they they keep they keep coming after him even though they keep losing why we dare you to beat us again because there's a level there's a there's a mob outside lot's house level of commitment there and so i think the idea that i wouldn't be looking at any polls or anything of that nature you need to ask yourself a serious question are is he going to legally be on a ballot like yeah. could they pr- could they stretch this out so that in certain states there's an injunction against him running and he couldn't get the delegates necessary yeah. according to GOP bylaws to become the nominee yeah. i think you i think you need to understand this is a brave new world and it has been for a while 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's because nothing. It's because nobody got punished for what they tried to do with Brett Kavanaugh. Nobody got punished for what they tried to do with Russian collusion. Nobody got punished for what they did in the 2020 election. I mean, most of the people that did the worst acts during COVID all got reelected. Okay, mm-hmm. no one's been punished for anything, yeah. and so they're just going to c- continue to ramp this up. So here's my question: because you said two things that I agree with, and I wonder if they, if you believe that they go hand in hand, or if they're somehow opposed to each other, because you've talked about how the right is kind of erroneous looking to the next election. We're looking for some kind of political salvation. Mm -hmm. And yet you have said, and I think correctly, that this is no longer a nation of laws. It's a nation of political will. Mm -hmm. And the things that you just listed that, okay, no one's getting punished for these things, not to mention the corruption that pre-existed 2016. If you're looking at someone like Maxine Waters Mm -hmm. or Nancy Pelosi, Mm -hmm. how they've lined their pockets, Eric Swalwell, I mean, Adam, all these people either pre-2016 or in the past few years absolutely have done things that are legally questionable. So the political will sides almost entirely on the left, at least on the federal level. We're seeing some changes when it comes to some really strong Republican governors. But so on the one hand, it does seem like there seems like there needs to be a political power correction Mm -hmm. made by Republicans. Like, for example, like, why isn't there any retaliation when it comes to what's happening to Trump, why isn't there some kind of DA somewhere in a Republican state saying, okay, let's bring it Hunter Biden. We've got enough here. Like, why don't we do something similar? But then on the other hand, you're saying, well, this is spiritual, Mm -hmm. right? This is more of a like revival or bust type thing. I just happen to agree with both of those, but I don't know necessarily how those wed together. Does that all make sense? It it absolutely makes sense. I mean, two, two Saturdays ago, Twitter became an apocalyptic wasteland that if Ron DeSantis did not offer extradition protection for Donald Trump, this was the end of America. Yeah, okay? and he ended up doing then that. Then he ended right? up doing it. But he, well, I okay. argued on my podcast that he couldn't really do that. Well, but he I would did, argue. Right? I would argue that the social compact is broken. So you can kind of do, so whatever, do whatever you, you want. want to. I mean, it's yeah. the Wild West. I, I'm not. I, I love the Constitution. It's not a suicide pact. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold myself to it. The Constitution is a social compact. There are very few people and only on one side that really care about it. And so this is a little bit like, hey, dude, she left you. She's doing she's on OnlyFans and and she's been gone for three years. She's not coming back. The the marriage compact between the two of you is broken. Move on, brah. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of what the Constitution is at this point. It is, we we want to like hold ourselves accountable to a document that they have already shredded figuratively and literally, and so there's no way to enforce it because half of the social compact won't abide by it. So it, all your all your it's a self limiting principle. So it's it's a little bit. It's, I made the same argument about Trump and Pence. I mean, I I don't believe that Pence had the right to uphold to withhold the elect to not certify the election. Should have done it anyway because the thing was a crock. All right. I mean, I, when, when, when you violate a norm of that magnitude, for example, I don't have a right. If I'm angry with you, I don't have a right as a private citizen to shoot you. Right. But when you take your grievance to, against me into my home and threaten my person and my family with it, the social compact makes an exception and says, now you do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you have crossed a line here that is that is not how we are to behave with one another if we are living in community with one another. They've crossed that line like four, 666 times. times. Yeah. And we barely cross it at all. Ironically, especially in Alvin Bragg's district, you can't really defend yourself without no. facing charges of attempted murder, which has happened multiple times there. So, but- so DeSantis grants him the protection. Yeah. Trump should have taken it. 
I'm not and so gonna, Trump didn't, right? No, he did not. He ref, he Trump, extradited Trump himself. Is still camp- he is using this all as a campaign That's against DeSantis, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And DeSantis, I think, understands that, is really trying to walk the line, which yeah. I, I feel for him. I feel for Donald Trump, honestly, just like personally in a lot of ways. It makes me sad to yeah. see this happening to him. I also feel for DeSantis in a political sense. This is, this is tough. He's be, being unfairly kind of pushed into this and I think he's he's doing the best that he can see I would have uh, I would have actually let's do a better hero cult if I were running Donald Trump's operation I said hey got Junior in Florida having my back because he knows what time it is yeah, all right? right let's have all these other Republican governors I'm going to come to your state and do a rally they're going to try to extradite me for a sham are you going to allow them to do that in your state let's put them all to the loyalty test yeah and see see that's the thing if we're going to have a hero cult if we're going to have a, a Julius Caesar hero cult, then let's lay waste to the enemy with it. Yeah. I mean, Caesar did protect the city. That's why they gave him the key. I don't know okay? how. Let's, not just, sell, let's yeah. just not sell freaking t-shirts. Right. Let's just not have, hey, let's turn this into a fundraiser. Okay? And I more mean, memes. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, it, is this, a, is, this a, is, it, is, is, the, is your hero cult really for a grift? Or are we going to, if we're going to just be a hero cult, fine. Let's be a really good one then. Let's earn all that animosity. Let's earn all those. If Donald Trump, if Donald Trump put all Republican governors to the loyalty test and said, I'm coming to your state, I dare you to let him extradite me in your state and show your people what a coward you are, would they call him, they call him all the same names yeah, and say all the same things about him they were, they're already saying now. And so that's, this, that's been my issue with this era is in the end, overall, it comes down to being about him. Yeah, and it and, 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 and in the end, it comes down to we're going to sell T-shirts and we're going to raise eight million dollars as opposed to actually putting on an exercise that punishes these people. Yeah. And that's and that's that's why we're going to lose on yeah. the on the trajectory we're on. That's why he he won one election. This doesn't get said enough. He won one election by 78,000 total votes in four states. Miraculous. Total. Not like in each state. Total votes in the four most decisive states since then. People watched the Kavanaugh scam. People won't put up with that. They turn around and we lost 40 house seats in the very, like a month later. It wasn't even like they they forgot about it. The Kavanaugh stuff went down in August of 2018. A month later, there was an election. Democrats gained 40 house seats. All right. Then there's the infamous 2020 election. Then he's not even on the ballot. And the issues are even starker. They've grown even more radical on the other side. This, that was an overwhelmingly status quo com- incumbent, pro-incumbent election. In the last three elections since Trump got in the White House, so when Trump took over in January of 2017, Republicans, or there were the fewest amount of elected Democrats in America than there had been since before the Great Depression, 100 years. Since the 2016 election, Republicans are minus 21 in U.S. congressmen, minus eight in governors, minus three in U.S. senators. Now, there's a lot of people to blame for this, Yeah. okay? Including people like Mitch McConnell and everybody who were in power before Trump got here. But it's very obvious. Now, maybe there is no there is no path that we could show people politically. Maybe we, there isn't a better way to do it. I don't know. What I do know, though, is the current path of the choice is technocratic, soulless Republicans like Mitch McConnell who don't care about anything other than corporate grift and mm-hmm. globalism mm-hmm. or Donald Trump's personal grievances. Here's what the data shows. The American people don't care about either one of those right. things. Exactly. They're not interested in voting for either too. one of them in mass. That has been clearly too. demonstrated. That's well, the, the, that's the data. That's all that's that's all that matters in the end. 
Okay, quick pause to tell you guys about Adele Natural Cosmetics. You guys know I love Adele Natural Cosmetics. I use their stuff every day. I use their skincare. I use their makeup. I just love it. I use their everyday cleanser. Um, it's just, it's really easy on my skin. It really gets my makeup off. So this is an oil-based cleanser. All of their cleansers are. So it's a little bit different. It's not going to sud like normal soap does, but it's a lot gentler on your skin. And I've just noticed that my skin feels more nourished and is brighter than it was before since I switched to Adele Natural Cosmetics. I use all of their moisturizers, their lotions, all of their ingredients are completely natural, so you don't have to worry about fake fragrances or chemicals. The company was started by Arlene in um, several years ago because of a health crisis she had in 99, and she realized she needed to be really careful about the ingredients she's putting on her body, and that's the kind of care that she puts into all of her products. This is a family company. They make all of their own stuff. They're pro-life. They're Christian. So I just couldn't recommend them more. I love Adele Natural Cosmetics. Go to adelenaturalcosmetics.com. Enter promo code Allie for 25% off your first order. What a great deal. adelenaturalcosmetics.com. Code Allie for 25% off your first order. adelenaturalcosmetics.com. Code Allie. And to kind of bring it back to the question, I was thinking as you were talking about King Josiah and how King Josiah, when he came into office, the young king started at eight. I think it was mm -hmm. a few years later, but still very young when he laid waste to mm -hmm. all the idols. And look, before anyone calls me out, I'm not saying that America is Israel. I'm not saying that we're looking necessarily for King Josiah. I'm looking, I'm looking at that as an example of a combination of political will and spiritual revival. Mm -hmm. I do think spiritual revival is fundamental and absolutely necessary for yep. things to well, change who inspired long King Josiah. Term. Exactly. The, the priest, Hilkiah, went to him and said, exactly. I have found the law of God. We are not following right. it. So yeah. it is a both and. And so I think spiritual revival and spiritual change can motivate leaders to make good changes. But look, I, I always say that culture is downstream from politics or, or politics is downstream from culture and culture is downstream from theology. But there is the power of political will and policy change that can actually move the Correct. needle. Like if you look at gay marriage, for example, it was the law that changed before the majority of Americans decided they were in favor of it. Yep. A burger fell happened when still 60% of Americans said that they weren't in favor of gay marriage. So there's something to be said about someone getting in power, making decisions and saying, no, we're going to go this direction direction that actually pulls the Overton window back over. Correct. Now, that's going to be really difficult. When this whole like drag queen in front of kids started circulating on Twitter and everything, I so foolishly and naively said, oh, let's see Democrats defend this. They're never going to be I able to defend this. I did too. That, well, it went, you know, naturally that's not happening. And now we're in the, it's good that it is happening. It needs to happen all the more. It needs to happen so much more. Mm -hmm. And the Country Music Awards, mm -hmm. we're going to celebrate that. And so I am so naive, I guess, or I was, but now I realize it's going to take a really, really strong movement, not industry, as mm -hmm. you said, to push the Overton window back over which, as you said, is completely impossible without an accompanying accompanying revival and heart of repentance. I want to address the politics as flows down because that's the Andrew Breitbart maxim. And um, it's a, it's brilliant and it's true, but it's it's true for us. It's not true on the left. Mm, yes. Well, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the left, when they get elected, they don't care what culture does. They do what they believe and culture moves. On the it, Politics is downstream from culture on the right. It took 30 years 
to get mm. Republicans to actually pass meaningful pro-life legislation. People people in audiences like ours did all the heavy lifting, and yeah. now suddenly every even the rhino governor of Indiana, okay, who sucks on every every imaginable piece of policy you care about, yeah. signed pro-life legislation, right. right? And so what on the right that is how it works. We have to we have to terraform culture. We have to move heaven and earth Okay, to make it so simple yeah. that now For all their 49 years, yes, we have to yeah, do that. Yes, that they don't even have to frost the cake. Like literally, we will frost the cake. We will buy the frosting. Can you put the the for sale uh, thing inside the cake after we do all the work and put it in the display? That's how it works on the right. All right now, <laughs> and they still don't do it. <laughs> now, in Florida, what you've seen is an interesting example of how the left operates. Yeah, he just ex he just executes power. And I'm going to do what I think is right. I won by 30,000 votes. I don't care what the polls say. I'm going to do what I think is right. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. And what's happened is you've watched now the fulcrum of a state culturally move to the right as a result of that. And that happened in one term because he actually governs the way Democrats do. All right, you come against me, I'll punish you. I'm just going to act. All right, you don't do what I want, I'll fire you. I'll replace you. I'm just going to act. And then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bellow. I'm not going to tweet. I'm not going to threaten. I'm not going to do news shows. We're not going to debate it. So that you have time to gin up news cycles and, and weeks and yeah. months worth of resistance. I'm just going to act and make it normal. And now you're on defense. Yeah. And that's what they have done to us for decades. And I think that they're drastically, the, the country dramatically needs a generational changeover. Um, you know, I, I mean... The boomer generation has been collectively the most destructive generation in American history from the birth of the counterculture, and now it won't let go. Think of how many of our great evangelical ministers are in their 80s, and you don't know who their successor at their ministry is. As soon as I say that, you have names in the back of your head. You know <laughs> yeah, who I'm do. talking about. I thought of two yeah, people immediately. Yeah, and, and they're great men of God, but you have no who are, who are Do you know who, they're, who they've been mentoring to take over? Do you have mm -mm. any clue? We don't no. know. We, who, who, what's the next generation of leadership that we have been, nothing, not, they won't let, do you know the Rolling Stones are gonna go tour again this summer? They buried their 81 year old drummer, I think it was a year ago, Charlie, whatever his name is, all right? Yeah. And they're going, I mean, this as a generation, they will not move on. Yeah, and but I, we don't offer that many good replacements. No, we Which don't. is probably why they have anxiety about And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, they yeah. won't groom replacements. So they won't leave room for replacements and we don't have many replacements and then they don't want to let go because they see the lack of replacements and so on and on and on yeah. and, and on and on it goes. Yeah. And that's that's a major problem that we have on a cultural level right now, generational. Next sponsor is My Patriot Supply. So you guys know the future is unstable. We never know what the future holds. The best thing that we can do is to prepare our families for whatever comes. One way to do that is to make sure that you have an emergency food supply. Hopefully you'll never use it, but it's better to be safe than sorry. If you get an emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, that's a three-month kit. Get one for every member of your family. They're good for 30 years. So just put it in your pantry, put it in your laundry room, wherever you can store this, and then you have it and you can just have some peace of mind knowing if the supply chain really gets crazy, if the food supply in your area gets disturbed, you at least have this for three months. And it's really tasty too. Go to mypatriotsupply.com. You'll save $200 on their popular three-month emergency food kit. Those savings really add up. Mypatriotsupply.com. Save $200. Mypatriotsupply.com. Well, you selfishly have to go prepare for your show 
So I'm going to have to let you go, but I want to give you the next few minutes to talk about your movie, Mm -hmm. which is coming out April 14th. I saw it last night. As I said, when I walked into the studio, only a few nightmares. It's called (laughs) Nefarious or the Nefarious Plot. And it's like modern day screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed it's supposed to disturb you. Yes. Right. It's supposed to show you the reality of good and evil that under all this that we're talking about today mm-hmm. is a very serious, literally dead serious spiritual battle being waged for each of our individual souls. The first thing I'll say about it, it's a really good movie. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. The guy from Boondock Saints. Yep. Sean Patrick Flannery is incredible. I love Boondock Saints. Yes. He's incredible and in this film. And found it less scary than your movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, um, great guy. I mean, and Sean, he gives like a Nicholson in The Shining level of performance in this film, and uh, which is good. Oh, so good. Because the movie's called Nefarious, so the guy who plays incredible. him better be really good. But um, the first thing we set out to do is we just wanted to make the best movie we could. We didn't, yeah. let's check boxes. Let's make sure we touch on this issue. Throw, you know, hammer that you one in there. You didn't have a diversity quota. We didn't you do that. You know what? Or, or did we have like I a, did not see a trans no. POC. No, we didn't have any pansexual vegans. Oh, no. Wow. Nor, nor did we have like a box check though. All right, these are all the theological points we have to make and figure yeah. out and work the script around that. We were just like, we're all pretty con- you know, confident in our belief system. Let's just come up with the best story we can, make the best movie we can, because our belief system will just come out organically. Yeah. We don't have to force it. And I think that's, the, that's, that's I think what gives it a chance in wide release is that it's, it's gonna look and sound like the psychological thrillers like Silence of the Lambs or Primal Fear or Seven from the 90s. It's gonna, it's gonna look and sound like those films. It's just gonna come with our worldview. And so I think what'll be fascinating is um, when, when young people, especially who are attracted to this genre, we made it for them. I mean, we made this movie to go to Nineveh. We are looking at a culture right now that is up, if, if, is up against this at the very lip of the mouth of Madness Alley. And it's about to belly flop into that pit. And, and, and that's when you get into Romans 1 judgment stuff and cultures don't come back from that. That's where you're just now clearing out your space in the history book, where, you're, yeah. where, you're, where your civilization's gonna be. And so they've heard from all the Hawaiian shirted guys. They've heard from all the sweater vested guys. They've heard from all the khaki panded nice guys. They, and, and they've rejected all that. So our, our approach is maybe again, it won't work. I don't know. But let's try some old time religion. Let's try, let's try grabbing people by the proverbial throat and force them to recognize evil and what it is. And our hope when we make this film, uh, you'll follow the, uh, the character arc of our, of our, he comes in as an atheist, our psychiatrist does, believing he's got all the answers. He's highly educated. He's the people we've been waiting for. He's ready to tell us what's up. And by the end of this encounter with this demon and real evil, it wrecks his worldview to the point that he is now open to the possibility that maybe yeah. there's more going on in the world than he thought. And that's where we leave the movie. And that's where you now take your unbelieving friends and family members, take them to coffee, pizza, ice cream afterwards. We did the hard part, right? We, we gave them the bad news that most of America's pastors don't want to give nowadays. And now you get to give them the good news. You get yeah. to finish, close that loop. Yeah. And so and, and in, in, the, in, in the interim, you'll be really entertained because it's a very well done movie. I mean, it's what a, do you think? It's a very well done movie. And I will say, because most of the people listening or a lot of the people listening to this are moms, mm-hmm. it is rated... R? It is rated it R. It is rated R. Now, you don't have like cussing or sex or anything like that, yep. but it is disturbing and it's intentionally disturbing. So I will say because it was made so well, because the acting is so good, I was disturbed. Like there was one part and this doesn't give anything a, a well, I'll be careful, where Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, he is, he's crying and he is in this 
ball of tears and emotion in his cell and the real him is coming out mm-hmm. versus the, the the demon. And that just like broke my heart. But man, it made me think of so many different issues that we see today that we don't consider demonically influenced. Mm-hmm. We just consider bad or stupid. And you touch on a lot of those explicitly in the movie, but still in ways that make sense. It's not just like you know, a presentation of abortion is bad. It's done in a very clever way. But even things like transgenderism that aren't necessarily explicitly touched on, I saw all of that in this movie just from what the demons were saying. And that is, like, that's the point. Like, you should be able to watch this and say, oh, I see. I see exactly what you're talking about. And I didn't see it that way before. Exactly what Screwtape Letter says. Mm -hmm. Screwtape Letter is the first time you read it. I, I, you know, I read it as a teenager yeah, it disturbs you. Mm-hmm. It dis- it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to scare you. It's supposed to make you think. Even though in Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis doesn't touch on every single sin or every single temptation, you start going about your day and you're like, that was spiritual. Yep. That distraction from prayer wasn't an accident. Correct. My phone didn't just light up when I was in the middle of sharing the gospel for no reason. Right. You start right. thinking, and not to over-spiritualize everything, yep. but you realize there is a constant, never-ending, incessant battle going on for your soul. That's that's what this movie reminds you of. That's supposed to be a little disturbing. That's the best. I mean, I, that's why we made the film. And I can't say it any better than you just did. So thank you. Uh, if you want to get uh, tickets now, uh, you can go to nefariousTickets.com. Yeah. That's nefariousTickets.com. We are literally in hand-to-hand combat right now for theaters. Yeah. I mean, for the first time in Hollywood history, the studios are going to release 13 films in a three-week span. Never Praise happened God. before. Praise God. Yeah. Be a part of this movement. Like, we're talking about making a movement. We're talking about spiritual revival. Take your friends to see an actually good movie that they're not just going to feel Correct. like it's preaching at them. It's an actual good movie, yep. and they'll be entertained by it. And look, there's a lot of biblical references. Maybe not all of your atheist friends will pick up on that. But first of all, the word of God does not return void. Seeds will be planted. Mm-hmm. Also, it will start conversations. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is going to use this. So, so. be That's a part of it. it. Be a part of it. Who is nefarious.com, right? That's the website. You can get tickets at nefarioustickets.com. But if you want to see the tickets. you want to see the trailer and everything, who is nefarious.com? Yeah. And tickets are available at nefarioustickets.com. We'll link both of those things in the description of this episode. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate you bet. it. Anytime. All right. So actually, my last sponsor for the day is Nefarious. You just heard us talk about that. So I'm just going to reiterate to you, this is coming out April 14th. You don't want to miss this. Like I said, I saw it last night. Really good, really memorable. It's one of those films that sticks in your mind. So go to whoisnefarious.com. You can go to nefariousTickets.com out April 14th plan to bring your friends, especially your friends who are questioning their faith or trying to figure out how the world works on a deeper level, they will really enjoy this and have a lot of productive questions. So go to whoisnefarious.com to learn more, whoisnefarious.com. And that's all we got for today. We will see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow will be um, an episode with an apologist a theologian that you are absolutely going to love. So encouraging. We'll be talking about the reasons for why we believe what we believe, but specifically we will be talking about the resurrection right in time for Easter. So make sure you tune into that tomorrow. All right. We will see you guys back here then.